I want to ask you a question, and I'm going to give you a moment of just musical dead space to actually ponder the answer to this question, because your whole future might depend on how you answer I'm the Reluctant Book Marketer, and I've got just one question for you. Do you see your novel as a million-dollar asset? Because if you don't, and you want to, you're in the right place. This is the only show for novelists who want to shift their mindset away from fear and toward abundance. Because you can sell more books than you ever dreamed when you believe in what you're doing. Why can't we all be Stephen King? And let me clarify for you really quick. I'm not talking about writing the exact books he is or being the master of horror or anything like that. I'm talking very specifically about the ludicrous levels of success that he has had as a novelist. Why can't we all be like Stephen King? Chances are, the first thing that came to mind for you had something to do with, oh, the publishing industry was different in the 1970s when he got his start. There was no self-publishing authors out there stealing all of the publicity and putting all of the competition out there. Or maybe, maybe you thought about him being lucky. Carrie got picked up as a movie, and Sissy Spacek did a great job portraying the character, and that made him an instant household name, and it gave him the opportunity to keep publishing books. You might even be the person who thinks that he is just purely protected by the big publishing machine, and that his publishers realized that they could wring every last drop of honey wine out of his name, and that they could get rich. But I'm guessing you didn't think to yourself, shoot, I am going to be the next Stephen King, or I'm going to be just like Stephen King. I want to be careful with that going to be the next, because that implies that you have to write horror or do cocaine to have his level of success. Um, while I'm at it, his best books pretty much all came after the drug addiction or before he really got deep into drugs. So think on that a little bit if you somehow see the drugs as a benefit to his career. They almost killed him, not made him a better writer. <sighs> then there is the Tommy Knockers. That book hit home. But if you've listened to this podcast for a while, you know that I've struggled with addiction before, and so maybe that's why that book hit home for me. He thinks it's the worst thing he ever wrote. Okay, so here's the deal. You don't have to today decide that you are going to be the, the equivalent of Stephen King in your writing career, and you may have different goals in mind, but there's something I've been steeped in and reflecting on constantly lately, and that's that 
we're all afraid to make really big goals. I've had a few conversations. I've guessed it on other podcasts where I've walked myself back from saying that you need to have absurd, ludicrous goals, even though that's what I really believe is that you need to make your goals bigger than you even understand how to get to. Because when you try to be reasonable, then you adjust your efforts to reasonable things. And when your efforts are aimed at reasonable goals, the amount of energy you're putting into seeing those things come true will guaranteed be too little. If, if your goal is to sell five books this week, how much energy are you going to put forward to sell five books? Versus if your goal is to sell 500 books this week, how much energy do you put in? What kind of creative ideas do you get if you have a bigger goal? When you stretch yourself, when you make a goal that you have no clue how to achieve, you get some super creative ideas. I couldn't figure out how to bring new people into this podcast to hear a message that I'm super passionate about giving to you, which is that success is in your grasps. Okay, and while we're while we're there, I use this word and it's it's thrown around a lot, but the etymology, the origin of the word success actually came from the monarchies. There was a ruler who died and was succeeded by a son, typically a son in those days. That's what success means, to take over the throne. We've really actually diminished the definition of success. And I think, again, that just shows what we're not willing to do. Now success is somehow subjective. It used to be objective. One person died or stepped down and another person stepped in to take over. It's okay that success is objective. It's okay to be happy with the level of success that you've achieved. It's okay to do just enough. I'm just suspicious you're not as happy with it as you'd like to let on. I'm suspicious that today you're listening to this podcast because you want more. You want to sell more books. You're actually probably hoping I'm going to give you a tip that's just going to unlock the door. You're expecting that I'm going to deliver like concrete something, and that's not what I do. I'm talking about your brain, your mind right now, because what I've learned more than anything is that the strategies I was told would work to sell my books, to grow my podcast, to build my brand, all of them failed for me until I figured out that something mattered to me. And, and I wrote a blog post on that on, on Shayla Raquel's blog. And I'm so grateful that she let me put that post there as a guest blog because it really meant a lot to me. Okay, nothing matters until something matters to you. If it doesn't matter to you, you can't make it matter to somebody else. That was the foundation on which I started to think about, okay, if this matters to me, what am I willing to do to give it to you, to get it out the door? If you're writing a book, you're putting in hours, days, weeks, months. Many of us are putting in years to finish a book. So then why are we not willing to put in that much energy to sell copies of the book? Why do we think that the moment we stop writing is the moment that it should just naturally land in people's hands? And here's what I know about Stephen King that maybe you don't know, but you probably do if you're a fan of his work or you really hate him. He, he put a nail in his wall and he used to have to mail out uh, his submissions, which by the way, if you are living in this age where you say that it's so much harder for us uh, to, to have success 
in our publishing, realize that Submittable didn't exist in Stephen King's day. Okay, now you can go online and you could submit to 25 journals today and if you pick the right ones, or not the right ones, but if you pick journals that don't have a submission fee, you could submit 25 short stories to 25 journals, or the same short story to 25 journals, for free. Just an expensive time. Stephen King had to actually print the paper, put it in an envelope, stamp the envelope, walk to the mailbox, and then wait for that whole process to come back. Oh, and everyone cost two stamps because he had to self have a self-addressed stamped envelope, a sassy, in there if he wanted a response from them. He had a nail, I think it was a railroad spike if I recall, in his wall where he would push through all of the rejections that were mailed back to him. And they numbered in the thousands, I want to say, that he got that many rejections. Have you submitted a thousand paper copies of your story to journals? Have you queried a thousand agents? Have you asked a thousand people to buy your book? Do you have any right to be angry that it's not selling the way that you want it to be selling? There's a good chance that that's going to rub a few of you the wrong way. There's a good chance that those of you who it rubs the wrong way don't want to take accountability for the situation you're in. This work is so hard. And... I think that there's a misconception that, that Stephen King, because he lived in a different time, well, he's still living, that he was coming up in a different time than all of us, that he had it easier. But I want to suggest to you that he had it just as hard as we do. A different set of problems. You know, people, people try to say that we've never seen a worse time in the history of the world and that the world is just going to hell in a handbasket. But uh, there's the Holocaust that would disagree with us. There's the genocide in Rwanda that would disagree with us. There are constant uprisings throughout history where uh, a majority of humanity dies. The Black Plague, the Spanish flu of 1918-1919. I promise you, COVID was nothing compared to that. I probably get one of those warnings on one of the podcast apps for saying that, but it's true. Just in terms of the number of people who died, it's nothing. It's not the worst time it's ever been. It's not harder to get readers than it ever was. It's different. It's not familiar. It looks different. Everything looks harder in the future and the present than it does in retrospect. In retrospect, a lot of times we thought we were tired. Okay, I remember that when I was a kid. I used to feel busy all the time. And I'm saying kid like 18, 19 years old. I would tell people I'm so busy. Uh, And then I started college. I had a job. I got married. I had kids. I went to grad school and had a job and had kids and a wife all at the same time. Then I knew a different kind of busy. And I could look back and I'm fine, fine. Okay, you're busy right now. Even if you've got none of those things, you're still busy. I'm just saying in retrospect, things look different than they do in the present and the future. And so I'm trying as hard as I can to get you to readjust. Now, I wanna ask you the question again. Why can't we all be Stephen King? I hope I provoked a little bit of emotion in you today because otherwise I'm not doing my job. This is a mindset podcast. You should be angry if I touched a nerve. You should be upset. I welcome you to be mad at me if I'm saying things that you have other excuses for why you're doing it. 
I know that there are physical, mental disabilities, there are emotional disabilities that make it really difficult for all of us. I hope I've been transparent enough to share with you some of my disabilities that make this hard for me as well. And I'm not comparing my struggles to yours because if I'm honest, I have it easier than all of you. Um, I'm tall, I'm not ugly, I'm not saying I'm the prettiest guy in the world or the handsomest, but I'm not ugly. I, nobody like turns away in disgust. I'm relatively fit. Did I mention that I'm white? I have so much going for me, and I understand that. So I'm not going to pretend that uh, I had it just as hard as you or harder. But I have my struggles, and I believe that if I put the right amount of effort into my objective to sell a million copies, to reach a million lives, to have a million connections in this world, that I'm going to reach that. And I think, in reality, I'm going to look back on that goal in the not too distant future and realize my goals were too small, not too big. So let me end there. If you want to be Stephen King, your own version, writing your own books, no matter what genre it is, whether it's literary, horror, romance, erotica, those are my favorite genres. <laughs> no matter what it is, if you set your goals big enough and you use the correct amount of effort aimed in the right direction, you'll be surprised where you get. I want to thank you so much for listening. Um, one update, if you're still with me. I have had a Patreon uh, for the past probably several months. I waffled on it. I never wanted it. I decided to do it because I freaked out about how little money was coming in the door. What I realized is Patreon is not my ethos. It's not who I am. And I'm, again, really glad for everybody who's using it. There are some such good reasons. Sam Harris has a Patreon, and you should absolutely be a patron for, for Sam Harris because he's doing something amazing, and Patreon's the perfect format. But it's not the right one for me because I'm talking about making a million dollars off of our books. So I don't want your money just to produce this podcast. I want to have expenses. I want to have skin in the game, and I'm really glad that I had such a small response to my Patreon because those of you who do support me, um, I'm going to be ending my relationship with you in that way. And I want to thank you for everything that you brought to the table already. Um, it's so much appreciated. I'll have a book coming out soon. You've probably heard about it. It's the Seven Figure Marketing Mindset for Novelists. Beautiful book. Really excited to share it with you. It is this podcast distilled and kind of put into a format that you don't have to wonder from week to week what's going to happen. It's all there for you. It's the mindset from front to back as I understand it. And it's my lived experience given to you as a gift to help boost you. I believe that the book has the ability to help you become the best-selling author that you dreamed about when you were too young to care about what it sounded like if you wanted to sell a million copies, two million, five million copies of your book. Kids are great that way. Young people are great that way. They say these are really ludicrous things and embrace them because they have no idea that that's socially uh, inappropriate. I wanna go back to being a kid and having goals and I want you to embrace being a kid and having huge goals and putting forth the effort needed. It doesn't mean you have to be a hard worker. It means you have to be a smart worker. It means you have to push through fear. It means you have to try things that everybody else says won't work. Uh, it means that you have to stick with some things longer than you'd want to. It's the most uncomfortable thing in the world, but uh, you, don't, you, don't, you don't have to match the effort of uh, somebody who works on a farm 16 hours a day and you know, has no spine left because of it. 
I appreciate everyone who does that, by the way. It's just, you don't have to do that to be Stephen King. You just have to be uncomfortable all the time. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, do me a big favor right now. Click on the follow button in whatever podcast app you're listening on. That way you'll get notifications every time I drop a new episode. And if you still can't get enough, you can go to the show notes, click the link for my newsletter, and sign up today. I'll give you one to two interesting pieces of content every single month that you won't hear on the podcast or find laying around on the internet.